On this episode of Resi Week, three ways to value yourself, Snap AV acquires HCA, and embracing vinyl. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 270, Value Yourself. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matthew Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, we are pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have Katie McGregor-Bennett. She is the president of KMB Communications. How are you doing, Katie? I'm doing fabulous. It's fine Monday morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. It's It started to rain, but other than that, I'm doing fine. Here, too. Then we have my new friend, Catherine Wheeler. She is the area sales manager for SnapAV. How are you doing, Kat? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. And last but certainly not least is Seth Johnson. He is the software develop- development manager for Blackwire Designs. How are you doing, Seth? Doing well. How are you? I am doing really well. It's a, it's a good day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from CE Pro. Uh, Pete Baker writes a fantastic article on three ways to make sure you are receiving proper value for your experience. Uh, he mentions a, a, a LinkedIn post that he did uh, just the other day that had over 75,000 views uh, about a story of a ship with an engine problem. Uh, there seem to be a lot of things with ships and engines and canals and other things like that. Um, long story short, the engineer shows up, takes a hammer, hits the thing uh, after a second, charges 20 grand and says, well, the bill is, you know, $2 for the tap with the hammer. The rest is the experience to know where to uh, tap said hammer. Uh, really good article. He covers a couple of key points, essentially establish your credibility, set the expectations properly and don't be bashful. So first of all, go read the article. It's, it's very good. Uh, Katie, let me, let me start with you on this one. I've seen this story, this, you know, anecdote a couple of times. It's been around for a while. I totally agree with it. The question I have for you though, is do we as an industry undervalue ourselves too often? intentional long pause okay i was concerned for a second (laughs) that was for everybody else out there to to go ahead and render your answer to to that question and i say yeah yeah we do (laughs) yeah we do and matt you and i have been talking about this for like at least nine ten ten years about it it is it's endemic of our industry that we do we do undervalue the service that we do the work that we do and the expertise that we have and it's kind of funny because it's this the story, the ship story, this has come around a few times. I think the last iteration had something to do with the building trade and it might have been a deck company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and prior to that, it was electrical. But, you know, I think it just, it, it resonates every time it comes out. And I think it's just, a, it, it's one of those things that we get, we get so into the work that we do and, and the brilliance of what we do. But we also really do tend to get pinched by the consumer audience, by our trade partner audience, who doesn't really understand the full extent of what we're bringing to the table. And by us and by we, I'm saying, you know, us as, as an integration community, as mm-hmm. a manufacturer community, 
the community that supports the, the installation of a product. And, you know, I think it's when the story comes around, we all get really excited about it and we share it and we're like, yeah, this is us, this is me, this is my problem, listen to me and hear me roar. But then the roar dies down and, and we go back to doing exactly the same thing that we've been doing or we attempt and we fail. And I think that that's, this is kind of that's the, the warning shot that comes out about once a year if you really do need to take into consideration what you're charging and, and the value that you're bringing to the table and start increasing your confidence in your pricing and eking it up. It's not easy. Uh, I'll be the first one to tell you I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with it. It's really hard. When, when you want to bring a solid value to a project or to whatever you're involved in, when they start getting price pressures, the easiest thing to do is, is to acquiesce. It's harder to challenge that and it's harder to put up, put up the fight, but mm -hmm. it's well worth it. And until we as a community all do, the harder it's going to be for the individual boats to rise. Yeah, very, very good. It is, it, it's one of those things that always cracks me up. We, because we've lived in this for so long, it, it, it just all seems easy. And we forget that for a lot of people, Changing the input on a TV is complicated and it, they, they need notes. Kat, the one thing that kind of hit me with this article that I, I have a hard time with is how you set expectations. Because it, you know, his second point is set those expectations properly in the beginning. And I've been in the business long enough to where no matter how many times I feel that I've set those expectations properly and the client understands what I'm saying, we very quickly discovered they had no idea <laughs> what that expectation was. How do you go about, is there, is there a foolproof proof way to go and set those expectations? I mean, I don't think anything is foolproof. Uh, we can try our best. I think the problem lies in the fact that we do this for a living. So when you say it's easy, I mean, it, easy is a relative word, but technology is more understandable to us. End users don't understand the complexities of it or what the, ex the end experience is going to be. So managing that expectation is the biggest challenge. But I think we live in a really interesting time in our industry right now because we're doing something different these days with remote service calls that we didn't have you know, five, 10 years ago. Because we have systems now that allow our integrators to virtually go into customers' homes and troubleshoot systems and you know, reboot things remotely or change things remotely in a way that they didn't have before. And some guys are doing that for free and some guys are charging for it. So there's opportunities that we have now that we never did before to give the end users a better experience at the end of the day. And hopefully people see the value in that and the value that they're providing. Very good. Seth, the, uh, I think the all-encompassing aspect of this is that there has to be value in what we do. And we know there's value in what we do, but it, it, it's hard to express that. What's, what has to happen to raise the awareness of what we do to where it's at the same level as the other trades, the other industries that are out there that are very similar in skill set and, and knowledge base, obviously different directions, but nobody questions... IT at $200 an hour. No one questions a plumber at 150 bucks an hour. Yet you show up as a integrator and dare I say, charge a hundred dollars an hour. And it's like, all you're doing is hanging a TV. What has to happen to raise that awareness? Who, I, I don't know. I, I think this is a, a little bit easier than it, it. I don't know. I haven't been in this, this side of the industry for a while. So I, I, I feel like this conversation is easier today than it was 10 years ago. 
Uh, and maybe it's just the grind uh, that we that we've all kind of fallen into over those, the, the past few decades uh, is establishing this industry, uh, building up trade organizations around it, um, building up product and, and, and services uh, to match the, the match what we do. And and I, I think it's just kind of like over time, like you, you, you mentioned a few other trades, right? You mentioned mm-hmm. a plumber. They've been around a few thousand years. <laughs> like yeah. they, they have some credibility kind of stacked up against them. Electricians, at least a hundred years uh, that I can think of. Um, roofers, tradesmen who build homes, tile. I mean, th- these are thousand-year-old type businesses. Uh, and and here we are walt- waltzing in the door. Thirty years ago, at the most, maybe forty. Yeah. If you really start looking back, um, we're we're the new kid on the block, and we. I think it's just a matter of time before. We do have that clout. Is that a word? I guess I could use here for that built up like the electricians and everyone else do. And I think it's at least from my experience these days is that that expectation that we're a fourth trade on the job site, the carpenter, the plumber, the electrician. Oh, and you need an AV guy too. Like that expectation is more often than not, especially on the higher end homes is is, is usually has been there at least in the last couple of years that I, mm-hmm. that I was involved. Yeah. Very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move to our next story of the day. This comes to us from residential systems. Snap AV has acquired a HCA distributing in uh, Denver and Salt Lake. Uh, read through this. This brings uh, the, the Snap AV uh, footprint up to 27 stores now across the U.S. Kat, I'm, I'm obviously really happy you're here to to talk about this. What pushed, like, we know that there's been a a strong push from Snap to have have physical locations pretty much throughout most markets. What pushed, uh, or, or what caused the push into the the Salt Lake and Denver regions? Um, I think if there's one thing you can say about Snap AV from its inception, they're extremely customer centric. So having a local footprint allows us to provide better customer service in more ways than we can just by being an e-commerce site. So we're actually up to 29 locations now, which is pretty exciting. Um, And you can do different things for our customers with that local site. So we can do local trainings when when we can do that. Um, We can do delivery to job sites, which is huge for some customers. Uh, We can do a 24-hour roll call, which is pretty amazing. So we're just able to reach more people and be of more service than we can in any other way. So there's more to come. I love it. Seth, when you see this, you know, we're seeing a weird dichotomy in distribution these days. There are quite a few uh, distributors that seem to be having trouble. Um, We talked about it last week that one of the major Canadian ones folded, and now everyone is struggling to find locations to, to purchase that. Uh, to purchase that 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 um, line card now, um, in the states there's there's a variety. There's a bunch of really thriving distributors and a bunch of struggling distributors. I don't ever remember a time when that gap was so large. What is causing that that disruption? Is it all just pandemic related? I don't know. Um, I suspect pandemic has something to do with it. I also the ever ongoing trade issues that we have uh with 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 picking up gear these days i think everyone is is feeling that now and and will be 
for the next couple of months. Um, no, I, I don't really have any idea there. I, I know that, uh, you know, one of, when I dealt with snap AV as, as a dealer, one of their core, you know, tenants like they were a great company to work with and you, you could always, uh, show up and, uh, and ask somebody there at snap AV a question and they'd have an answer for you. It's usually pretty good. And I, I think that type of service and certainly like, you know, Blackwire plug us too. Like we're trying to do that too. That type of service is what really separates everyone else uh, from from maybe another distributor. I don't know. I don't know. It really is the key differentiator between the companies that are are disappearing and and the ones that are going strong. Yeah, very good, Katie. When you see this, there's a there's a handful of distributors. I I know when I got in the, got into the biz, especially on the residential side, there really wasn't a national distributor with the exception of maybe ADI. Um, now there are three or four. What has pushed that to that national level? A couple of things. I mean, you know, if you go, if you go into the Wayback machine, you know, there, there were a few nationals, but they weren't necessarily, at least for the, for the custom installation, installation side of the world, there wasn't really a, a, a great go-to source to serve the needs of the custom installer. There was, mm -hmm. there was Petra, there, there was, you know, the original Volutone um, and there were, you know, and there were other sort of regional, regional guys, but there weren't any guys and gals, but there weren't any companies that really had that, had that nationwide footprint or had the ability to scale up. I'm sure I'm missing elements of history in here, but ultimately, you know, what I, what I went through and what I saw happening was mergers and acquisitions. Right. So, you know, Avid, <laughs> Avid went on its buying spree um, and, and gobbled up a lot of the, the regionals and rolled those up into a singular nationwide entity. You know, and I think that that was, that was kind of the beginning of it for the smaller custom integrator or the customer, the smaller installer that opened up the, the, the ability to get access to product lines that they hadn't had up an opportunity to reach before, you know, the smaller, smaller uh, volume, not necessarily able to buy direct. So distribution is the way to go. But if you don't have a distributor that carries the mainstream bands your customers are looking for, you know, there was, there was a period of time where you kind of were stuck in, in between a rock and a hard place. And that certainly is, is no longer. And I think we'll continue to see this, you know, the mergers, mergers and acquisitions will obviously continue, but I think that, you know, we're not, we haven't seen the end of this one yet for sure. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> All right. Let's <laughs> mark that down. Yeah. Someone will buy another company at some point in the near future. I don't believe it. Uh, all right, let's let's wrap this up with our final story of the day. This also comes to us from CE Pro and our friend Bob Archer. An integrator in New York says it's time for the industry to rediscover vinyl records. Franklin Karp of uh, New York's Audio Video Systems is recommending that integrators sell turntables to take advantage of the format's re-emergence. Uh, I am in full favor of this because I love vinyl as Kat laughs at me because I politely showed one of my uh, Mariah Carey records. Yes. And no, see, proudly. 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 Yes. Proudly. I pulled it out. Yes, it's not a good one, but I still have it. I wish I had some other ones, but notwithstanding. Um, and yeah, you thought I wasn't going to talk about that. You were wrong. I'm going to bring that out. Uh, you know, you're just disarming us. Now we can't shame you with it. We're going to do better. <laughs> there, there is a method to my madness. I know what Seth was thinking. He's like, Oh, just wait, I'm going to get them. Vinyl has, has really shockingly emerged. Um, I know that in, in, in our personal 
my personal business, um, the number of clients I have that are buying vinyl has gone through the roof the last, gosh, five years. Seth, when you see this, the I'm of two minds with this. I love it from a you know, business expansion side, from a love of music side. I'm concerned with it from a one-trick pony side. Is this something that you can, or, or let me let me rephrase this. How do you effectively leverage vinyl knowing that in most situations, it is a one-time purchase? Unless they're buying records from you, and I am not really endorsing getting into the record selling business. Um, but most people who buy turntables, they buy a turntable, they might buy a second one. They're not putting a turntable in every room. They're not putting a turntable outside. They're buying one and then they're listening to records. It's a one-time sale. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't, this is one of those products that is, uh, it's pretty specialized. I, I think it's a great idea to be able to offer this, uh, especially with, with the increase in sales. I, I don't know what's driving that. I, I'm not a very big, I'm more of a convenience over um, listening experience You're so type young. person. I know. You're so I know. young. Am I naive? I, I just, I don't get the tea ceremony that goes along with like breaking out bringing the vinyl over in your gloves and setting it on. I, I just, I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. I'd rather just hit play. Um, and be entertained. Um, but the, the, um, I, I do get, I do get why people like it and I understand why people like it. And I don't think it's a bad idea just to be able to have that in your back pocket. It, it's, there's no reason to leave money on the table, especially in today's world. I mean, you can, you can sell the record player. You're just not going to sell the uh, receiver to match it these <laughs> right now. So uh, just get that in the door. Yeah, that's a good point. Katie, this is one of those things, and I know you work with Leon, and Leon is fairly big in the experience of music. And I will, I will happily admit that every one of my clients that has a turntable, they, they may have it in a media room. It doesn't matter. They still go in there and they, they experience that record. They're not just putting something on in the background to play music. They're experiencing that record. They're opening it up. They're unfolding it. They're talking about it with their friends. It is a, it's an experience. The tea ceremony. Stop it. We're going to ban you. Mute that guy. Mute that guy. Gosh. Some people. Florida man yells at vinyl. Is this one of those things where if someone hasn't heard it, likes, not like Seth, but if someone is negative on it, like Seth, how do you go about properly explaining it? Or, or like, do you put together a demo kit to take to your clients and, you know, set up a, like, if people get it, they buy it. When people don't get it, they're like Seth. I can swing the mic over to myself now before before Seth just leaves and never comes back. D okay, digital is better. Love you, Seth. <laughs> digital is better. I'm throwing it out there. Okay, we're not here to disagree or, or debate that one. Um, well, I am right, now. So <laughs> I 
know. I'm just trying to save your show, man. It's fine. I lost it a while ago. It's good. As soon as I pulled the Mariah Carey record out, they're like, yep, we're done. This guy. Go ahead. This guy. This guy. We we still have more to talk about on Mariah Carey album. But, you know, so I think there's a couple of things here. And I think that there's... um, I, I challenge the notion of it's a one-time sale, so therefore maybe we shouldn't get behind it because there's a lot of that in, in the industry. And you could even say that a product, a software solution like Tools, for instance, that's a one-time sale too, but are we going to not do proper system design? Oh, contrary, no, we're not. Um, you know, I think it's it, it just comes down to, to that, that central line of meeting your customer where they are. So if you serve a market and you serve a clientele that is interested in audio, that is interested in the experience, that enjoys a good tea ceremony, on a Saturday afternoon with a gathering of friends, you know, that, that, that was for you. Um, you know, I think that there's, you, you need to, you need to meet your customer where, where they are, but be true to your brand. If you're not an audio centric com- company, if you don't have a good way to demo, if you don't, you know, you just don't serve that clientele or honestly, and be true to yourself, you just don't care. Cool. Don't get into that category, but there is a market for it out there. And there's a lot, that shows that the younger, that the next generation and beyond is actually really interested in this. I don't know that they're ever going to get the tea ceremony aspect of it because music came around differently for them. You know, it, there never there never was a need to to touch the tone arm in such a way that it, you recollect that that moment when you first heard that bit of music and the state of mind you might have been in the 70s when you first heard that bit of music. There's a whole lot that goes along with that ceremonial component to vinyl that that a generation was part of and it was really big to them and they're now passing that down to their kids to their kids to their kids if that's important to you cool get behind it sell it if it's not don't but also just stay out of it right you know so, so if you don't appreciate it don't, don't ruin it for others you know? it's, but you know it's i think it's it's just that it's it's that thing just don't i think just don't shy away from it because it might be perceived as a one-time sale it just meet your customers where they are and be, be true to your brand. You know, if it fits your model and you can make some money at it and you provide your, your customers an experience that they can pass along, that's awesome. You know, that's how I see it. I like it. Seth, did you catch that? Stay out of it if, you, if you're not a fan. Hey, I, 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 think, I think you should sell it if, if, it, if you can work it into the project. Sell it if you can work it in. It's, it's, again, it, it's, it, it all depends on what your level of, of, of what you want to do for entertainment is. And if, if it's, if the client just wants to press a button, uh, you know, maybe not, may, this may not be the product for them, but if they just, if they want to go through the tea ceremony or they just want to have a different listening experience that they can show off, it's a great product for that. Absolutely. Why don't you like tea? It's not, it's the tea <laughs> ceremony. All right, Kat. Tea is great. When, when you see this, the, the, the one big plus for me is yes, most times you will only sell one record player unless they're really big and they're going to wear it out and they're going to come back and get something better down the road. When you get somebody into vinyl, typically when they get serious, they get serious. The add-ons to vinyl supersede any other residential vertical I've ever seen. Yeah, that- for sure. I mean, because you say it's a one-time sale, and I would say that maybe, I, I, I seriously doubt it, but it's not a one-item sale. Because to have that visceral experience that you talk about with audio and, and uh, accurate audio and that whole unique experience you get from vinyl, you need proper speakers, proper cables, proper components, and those are very profitable items for our channel. 
And Mm -hmm. I would argue that when you have a customer that you can deliver that kind of emotional and positive experience to, they're a customer of yours for life. And anything that they choose to do down the road that has anything to do with electronics at all, they're going to come to you because you were able to deliver such a powerful experience to them. At the end of the day, that's what we do, right? We give the right experience to the end user the way they desire it. And to do that isn't just selling a record player. There's a lot that you need to go into that to make that experience great. Yeah, very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will leave it there before Seth offends anybody else who's a big record head or a tea drinker. Or Mariah Carey <sighs> fan. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you can offend Mariah Carey fans because <laughs> they're Mariah Carey fans. We've been around long enough. It happens. Oh, you noticed he put himself in that grouping. That's I did. I'll own it. It's all good. It is what it is. All right, Kat, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Snap AV. Where can they do that? Uh, obviously, to learn more about SnapAV, it's snapav.com. For me, it's Catherine.wheeler at snapav.com. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Seth, my friend, uh, thanks for being a good sport today. If people want to connect with you, uh, get some snacks from Blackwire Design, where can they do that? <laughs> yeah, you can head over to blackwiredesigns.com and check us out, all the products we offer there and software that we offer there. We're both, both hardware and software on our, our site. Fantastic. Thank you, my friend. Last but certainly not least, Katie, my friend, if people want to connect with you, learn more about KMB, where can they do that? Well, of course, after they go and select their favorite vinyl uh, and put it down and do a little tea ceremony, then while you're listening to that fabulous background music, you can go to the Googles and just look for Katie, K-A-T-Y-E, Mick Gregor, M-C-G-R-E-G-O-R, Bennett, you will find me. I have all sorts of different handles depending on when I got on the platform and where I was in my married life. You'll find me. <laughs> the, the the best part is that no one no one does anything else when they listen to vinyl you just you put it down and you sit and you mellow and you you absorb the music <sighs> i have kids i don't get to do that anymore uh thank you again for joining us if you'd like to connect with me you can find me on twitter at matt D. scott and pretty much every other social platform but more importantly please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover when you visit the website please take a moment to check out our supporters we are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well thanks again for watching that's all the time we have for this episode of resi week 